Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Booster Digital Displays. Revolutionize your game day experience with Booster Digital Displays. We also want to thank Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Vital Signs bring student achievements to life. Ephesus Lighting innovating a brighter future at every level. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. And hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Chris Hall. Chris is a certified master athletic administrator, and he's the assistant principal and the athletic director at Discovery High School in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be on. Just a big fan of the podcasts in the last year of uh, Between Yours and some of the other ones with ADs, and so this is this is exciting to be, be on here and be a part of it. Well, uh, we appreciate your support. Uh, I guess you would be what we call a friend of the show. So uh, excited to have you on. Um, as you know, it's a busy time for ADs and we're going to jump right into it. And we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell them a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and how you ended up as the AD at Discovery. All right, sure. Well, uh, so to, in a long way, uh, both of my grandfathers were in the military. And, um, and so when I was born, I was born in Huntsville, Alabama, and um, the military on one side had brought my grandfather there after a lifetime of service, and my other grandfather uh, did his service and then was uh, like an engineer for McDonnell Douglas. So um, I guess you could say like my parents were moved, moved there. Um, my dad moved there his first time living back in the States when he was 13. And uh, my mom had moved from California when she was like seven or eight. So um, they met in college at UAH, and um, so I grew up there in Huntsville. And um, for those people that not really aware, Huntsville is a really neat town. It's it's um, believe it or not, they have a lot of NASA and Space Camp and all sorts of rocket science stuff. So there, it's a uh, really uh, fastly growing city from the 50s on. And and so I had a great time. Um, and when I was growing up, you know, I, I was lucky that my grandfather um, took an interest in in me. I was his first grandson, and he lived really close by, and so I was just blessed that he took me to pretty much everything. Um, I followed him along to the golf course uh, when I was four years old. He, he cut down clubs, and um, he took me to baseball, soccer. Um, I think even the one year I played basketball, he was there, and and so he was always there um, at every practice. Um, you know, yelling. He's probably the only other person was my mom that would yell my full name um, if he felt I, I wasn't, you know, doing what I was supposed to do. And so I always had him. And um, he was there in the summertime, you know, we didn't, uh, we had the YMCA, but we didn't have to go there. 
all the time just because he was willing to come pick us up and and uh, I have three younger brothers and um, so he was willing to you know watch us and um, but unfortunately he passed away um, in 1995 from cancer and uh, so that being I guess kind of a rock that was there uh, we ended up my mom and my stepdad did uh, you know being government workers um, I guess the the, the rock and my grandmother still lives there all this to this day but the opportunities came about um after the space station was built and my mom could move to uh, dc and so we ended up moving to washington dc um in the northern virginia area and so um you know there i continued on and uh, we moved in there literally like three days before school started and talk about um differences moving from huntsville alabama where uh good schools but you go to fairfax county virginia and and they truly believe that they're one of the best school systems. They are definitely one of the largest. And uh, just the diversity was just eye-opening. Um, and moving up three days before school starts, you know, it's just interesting. And um, you're literally living out of boxes and, and too late to sign up for football and, um, you know, got signed up for baseball and all that kind of stuff. And um, before you know it, you know, I got back into sports. And um, I still remember uh, a kid on my team uh, his dad was a high school football coach. And, and he, he remember, he had a conversation with my mom. He's like, this is the best thing for him. Get him back in sports as soon as you can, you know, hate that he missed football, obviously, but next year we'll get him playing football again at the high school. And so, um, it kind of, kind of started off that way and, um, you know, started to make some friends. And so I go to high school. Well, actually let me back up a little bit there in eighth grade. Um, I ended up, um, I had always been a good student. Um, and I started having issues and, um, ended up getting diagnosed with diabetes. And so um, I was here, I am almost 13 years old or just barely turned 13 years old. And, you know, you're a type one diabetic and, and you spend a week in the hospital and, you know, again, this is 1996. So um, it's changed quite a bit in 25 years, but um, you know, I was, I was hard headed and did not know how to take care of myself. And so we get to high school sports and, you know, I played football, I played baseball, um, you know, I was going through there and my doctor, um, I just, I guess I didn't have really good control. Not, not a guess. I, I know I didn't have good control. I was, <laughs> I was pretty hard headed and my mom would try and talk and I'd be like, mom, I know what I'm doing. And obviously I didn't. And uh, the doctor was basically like, I'm not signing off on your physical. Like I, you will not play high school sports next year. And I'm sitting there like, you gotta be kidding, right? Like, come on. <laughs> and um, so she was like, no, like you don't take care of yourself. This is the one thing I can hold over your head. And I was like, all right, what if I just uh, like focus on kicking and punting? Cause my, my freshman year, I, I played fullback and, and I also in a wing T offense. And we also, um, you know, I ended up punting cause the coach was like, who, you know, who can kick a football and y'all grab them and punt and see who goes the farthest. And I had played soccer when I was younger. So I had a little bit of background, but um, so I made it, I cut a deal with my doctor basically like, let me, let me be a punter kicker. We had another kid that that's all he wanted to do. So my mom was like, okay, cool. You can still do it. It's a happy median. And um, my high school coach, he ordered some videos from the internet. He says, all right, well, here's some, here's a couple of videos from this Dallas Cowboys guy. Um, he says, uh, watch these videos and you guys go down that field and, and kick by yourselves. And two hours later, come up here and run sprints and, <laughs> You know, that's typical back in the day. I, th I believe you were a football coach. So, yeah. you know, how the specialist got treated kind of. And um, and honestly, it was probably the best thing that ever happened um, because uh, from that point on, it it, it became one of those things. Well, if I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it good. Um, you know, I had some natural, I guess, ability to to kick a ball from playing soccer. And 
Um, and so we were playing a game and, and a coach we played against ran a kicking co uh, company named Bill Renner. And he was the head coach at the time at Langley High School. And um, he had played in the NFL and at Virginia Tech. And so in the summers, he was like, hey, why don't you come to this camp? We have at Lehigh University um, kicking a punting camp. Okay, cool. And uh, so me and our, my kicker uh, friend, Brian, that was in, in my grade, we, we'd go up to Lehigh that summer. And you would never think this. There's 130 kids kicking and punting footballs. And, and it's all high school kids, maybe some younger kids, but a lot of college kids. There's NFL guys. And um, we're out there and we're like, man, this is, this is crazy. We're all, it's like going to camp for football, but we only do like two things. <laughs> and, uh, and so before you know it, man, just met some unbelievable friends, just uh, had a great time. It led to, to a lot of opportunities. And, um, you know, I, I guess getting recruited at the time that before all this, um, you know, rankings and all this kind of stuff came out with social media, um, it was really kind of word of mouth and you had to go to a camp to get to, to impress a coach. And so, you know, I had started getting a lot of attention and letters after that sophomore year. And um, I remember, you know, talking to some coaches, but my junior year, we'd had a, a state, I think state semifinal game. And I'd had probably the game of my life and uh, Florida state was there recruiting. Um, I think Michael Robinson who ended up playing at Penn state. And there was uh, a bunch of coaches from Penn state and Virginia tech and all sorts of stuff were there. And so I ended up that summer, I went to camp at Virginia tech and uh, down at Florida state. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, I thought I did well. And, um, and so the opportunities to either walk on or get scholarships, at a number of schools were starting to come around as a senior. And um, so I ended up uh, choosing Florida State. Um, and that's uh, kind of like how I first reached out to you, being from McClay and Tallahassee, and there's a little connection there. And, and uh, so, so honestly, that's kind of what got me there. Um, but the blessing going back to becoming a diabetic and all that kind of stuff, you know, my brothers, I have three younger brothers, like I said, and um, two of them ended up uh, you know, they wanted to probably emulate me in some some respect, and I I wanted them to learn, and I taught them how to punt. So my younger brother Brent ended up, um, you know, playing at in high school and doing really well, and went to Virginia Tech, and he ended up getting drafted um, in the NFL uh, by the Bucks in the sixth round. And my youngest brother Grant went to Virginia Tech, uh, graduated really early, went to Liberty, and played at Liberty for a couple years as a punter. So. Um, my, my parents, I guess, ended up working out well for them, the money they invested in camps and, and um, you know, in, in three of us being college um, athletes and, um, and stuff. And so it, it kind of just led to a, a really cool, uh, if you're, it's like a fraternity, if you're within specialists, like, uh, you know, with Steve Weatherford and Graham Gano and like all these guys that played in the NFL. And I'm like, yeah, well, I roomed with him in camp and you know, he's just as nutty as anyone and, or, you know, or a great guy. And, you know, but it was really cool. You'd go to camp and there'd be, you know, Joey Hillbold from Notre Dame. And, and, uh, and uh, I can't remember the guy, he was from Florida's uh, Steve something. And, and it was like, you just, you're here. And it's like, yeah, but at camp, we're all just guys and hanging out and having fun. And, and, and so that was kind of a really cool experience, but um, obviously um, that, that was kind of, that the college sports background, um, you know, Florida State, obviously, at the time, the late 90s, had played in three straight national championship games. And um, and so if you watch TV and I again, I went to high school in, in, in Northern Virginia. So everyone was a Michael Vick fan. And um, and I was rooting for the Seminoles in that game. And like the only the outcast of everybody. 
And because uh, I just like Florida State, I, I thought they were cool watching them in the 90s. I mean, I don't know anyone in the country, unless you're a diehard Gator or Kane fan that said, hey, that wasn't cool to watch Charlie Ward and Peter Warwick and some of those guys that work done um, and kind of watch them and stuff like that. So um, that's kind of where I ended up. And then, you know, I after college, I, I wasn't sure uh, the NFL thing was it was one of those things where if you're going to try, you got to put 110 percent in and. Uh, I remember kind of just having that feeling where I, I wasn't interested in even pursuing it. Um, and part of it was I wanted to go to grad school. I wanted to get my master's in sports management. Um, you know, I, I had that opportunity to, I had already gotten accepted into that fall of uh, 2006, that program at Florida State. And, um, and so I, I just kind of wanted to stick around. I, I mean, Tallahassee is a pretty cool place and, um, I met my wife and we actually started dating that summer of 2006. And um, so I had a lot of reasons, I guess, to stay around. And, um, you know, and so I, I just stuck around and after grad school, a couple years later, um, you know, my, my wife is from the Atlanta area here. And so with her connections, we, we ended up moving back here. Um, you know, I was 2008 and the job market wasn't exactly sizzling for too many people. And um, so I started off as a, a parapro. <laughs> um, and so I think someone else on a podcast may have taken that adventure to go, I mean, literally climb the ranks from being a parapro to a special ed uh, teacher for several years to uh, became a general ed teacher. Um, I wanted to become an AD and they, they created here in our county. They made that position when I got hired. Uh, they said all ADs are now going to be assistant principals moving forward. So there had been kind of a mix before. And so essentially, that's where, where I am. This is my uh, fifth year here at Discovery and the sixth year the school's open. So I really uh, was not here the first year. And it really sometimes I, I wish I had been um, because I really enjoyed building that brand um, and trying to see this thing kind of come come to life. Um, but man, I thinking back now, all my mind just starts thinking like if I could go back and do things from the very beginning, it would be really, really fun. So there we go. That's probably that's probably a good brief uh, bio that covered those first couple of points there for you. No, that, that's great. I always love to you know, hear the stories because we all have different paths that that get us to where we are. Let's go and talk just a second about that coming into uh, almost a brand new school. Uh, I've done that a couple of times in my career, and it's just so cool to be there at the beginning. You know, helping to start traditions. You know, what are some things that uh, that you think that you've helped to contribute to that culture at Discovery? Um, so, so that's always one of the things that we talk about. Um, you know, you typically think of a school opening, and it's because maybe uh, you know School A has gotten to the point where they're you know thirty five hundred kids at least here in Gwinnett. They're you know they've reached this thirty five hundred or four thousand students, and they've got trailers everywhere, so they split off, and they, and it's literally from one school they form a new school. Well, my school is in the middle of Lawrenceville, which is an older part of town or of the county. And we formed from five different schools. <laughs> so rather than like be on the outskirts of where you know people are spreading, we basically, because it was becoming so uh, centralized as well, they built a new high school right in the middle. So can you hear me? Okay, so so basically right in the middle of uh, five different schools. And it so when you talk about building traditions, you're trying to like undo what maybe some of these students have already had at five different schools. So it's not just like from breaking from one tradition. Um, and you also have a lot of opinions from teachers, uh, from students of, 
we should do this, we should do that. And, and I'm also, um, I'm at a Title I school. Um, and so it also becomes difficult just financially. Um, there's, there's other factors that kind of play into that. So I think if there's something we've done really good, it's we've built an atmosphere where we celebrate um, even the little successes. Um, I've preached to my coaches about doing the right things. Um, and, you know, this year, um, has been just an incredible year to watch us blossom. I mean, we've made the playoffs in five or six sports already. We're already set to make the playoffs in a couple others. And you're talking about in the course of the first five years of the school, we never made the playoffs outside of boys basketball in any sport except for uh, cheerleading uh, one season. So you're talking about a lot of close calls, a lot of building, and we took our lumps against those really well-established schools. But I just preached to my coaches, you know, stay the course. And um, I think when it comes to celebrating the little things um, where I don't have money to go put up nice plaques and, and really nice decorations around the school, I do have a vision of, all right, I'm going to do this this year. Next year, I'm going to add a little bit more. So I try and do it little bit by bit what I can afford. And as well, um, the other thing that doesn't cost anything is social media. Um, I, I feel like we do a really good job of social media um, I've got some of my coaches that do a really good job of promoting their kids, promoting their team, um, promoting other programs. Um, it's still an area where I think we can get better. Um, but I think a couple of years ago, or yeah, I bought a um, an app on uh, a company that you know helps you make uh, what schedule edits or game day edits and you know score updates and stuff like that. And we use that a lot. And I I was doing a lot of it the first year, and this year I've trained a lot of my coaches. So um, like my football coaches put out his spring sports, uh, you know, practice schedule the other day. Um, and so that's good that I, I like seeing that. I like seeing uh, them making signing day things or uh, just highlights of like players of the game for my soccer coach is doing a great job of um, he took headshots and doing that. So those are things that I feel like we do a good job of. Like we don't have the money. Um, we're trying to build and, and obviously I don't have a blank check <laughs> um, to just do it all at once. But um, as you're trying to build, you have a purpose. So we're trying to, to do it so it looks right, but also still celebrate and, and do what we can, um, understanding who we are at this point. Yeah, it's such an important point in any school. You talk about the little things, uh, you know, we would call those uh, in those building years, so small victories, because yeah. uh, you have to go through that period uh, to get to those bigger, you know, more public victories. And again, I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned social media. It, it doesn't cost a thing. And it's the way, not a good way, it's the way to reach your uh, kids. I, I had a guest on recently and she made a point that I'm, I'm still doing some research on, but I think she's probably right. She says, our student athletes are on Twitter, but our students are on Instagram. And she said, when she started posting athletic stuff on Instagram, it, she just you know started adding you know followers, et cetera, right. from her school, the students, that, oh, hey, this is pretty cool. So uh, I'm, I'm exploring yeah. that, but I, I think she's probably right. I just um, I just created an Instagram account about a month ago and I have no post on it yet because I created it and I was like, all right, uh, that's the first step. I'm gonna take some pictures and figure out how to add them. Um, so that's the next step because I think you're 100% correct that the students, uh, that's what they tell me because um, I also do some student leadership here and they all tell me like, well, we'll put it on Instagram. And I'm like, why am I not on Instagram for that, for that reason, like you just said. Um, I also track this, and, and this is another thing. 
it does cost a little bit of money. Um, we use VNN, Varsity News Network. I know a bunch of uh, people use that nationwide. And, um, you know, they send that monthly report of how many page views you have. And I literally show my principal um, in my meeting, like my mid-year update. I'm like, look, here I am. I'm in the top 10 for the state of Georgia out of 150 schools for page views. And I'm right behind the, the schools that are on paper, socioeconomically, 100% different than me. And I'm right there in the middle of them because I take pictures at the games. I upload them myself. Um, I write articles. We do updates just in, in doing that stuff. And I'm like, I still don't even think I'm super active on there. I feel like I'm active, but I want to get better. And so we're, we have a plan next year. We're going to do uh, some work-based learning projects and I'm going to hire some students and uh, basically create, um, you know, some, some student photographers, some student journalism pieces um, and tie that all in together. And essentially it's not going to cost me anything other than um, I'm, I'm batting around the idea of maybe giving them some free prom tickets or helping offset their senior class dues and, and, um, and so my principal seems really, uh, really, honestly, a lot of it's her idea too of like, uh, of creating those positions because she sees like other schools like why are we why don't we have students out here taking pictures and I'm like good idea, great idea so we, we, we've had some brainstorming sessions and, um, and so I, I look forward to that next year honestly by getting getting even better. Um, Jeez, that that's another great workshop or LTI course right there so. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Hey, I don't want to skip over this one. Um, oh. We always like uh, to hear about the people that had an impact uh, in your life, those mentors. And I'm going to guess mm -hmm. your grandfather is probably uh, near the top of the list, but who yeah. are some of the other people, and you can talk about your grandfather too, uh, that impacted you and uh, uh, helped you become the leader that you are? Oh, yeah, no, uh, definitely my grandfather, um, you know, just being there, um, I mean, he, he, he was great, just... Um, if you, if you knew him, um, he, he was the kind of person that, you know, he played golf when he was retired all the time with his buddies. And um, he would pretty much do anything for anybody, um, like give the shirt off his back kind of person um, and never charge anything more than like a six pack of uh, Bush Light. I mean, he was real cheap, like not even expensive. You know, it was it was relatively cheap. And so um, but just an, every everyone that talked about him, um, you know, and after he passed away, I still went back and would play golf with some of his old golfing buddies. And here I am a teenager playing golf with, with his friends that were retired, you know, they're 60, 70, some in their eighties. And, um, and they would still send Christmas cards. And I'm like, man, that, that says a lot about what kind of person he was, you know, he was really good with, uh, he was an engineer. So he was really good at fixing cars and like he was their local mechanic. He would go to the place and do that. So I learned a lot about just, um, uh, you know, just work ethic, treating people the right way, um, you know, selfless uh, acts of kindness, that, that kind of stuff, like uh, service leadership or servant leadership, all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like I picked up a lot of those characteristics from him. Um, and so I definitely lean on that, I feel like. But when you talk about like just mentors in high school, I, um, really teaching in general, I mean, everyone's had those teachers that meant a lot. And I don't think there's maybe not one necessarily that sticks out more than the other, but I would say several of my high school football coaches, uh, you know, I had a couple of high school or head coaches, uh, Folio and coach Skinner and um, Donnie Warren and, and coach Cotter. And they were, I felt like they were all there um, as father figures at one time or another. Um, but probably one of the, the most important was we had this guy um, named Doug Wilbarger and he was a uh, Marine Corps veteran, five-time Purple Heart recipient and um, just an amazing um amazing human being um and we we asked him one time we're like coach why did you get five purple hearts like we thought you got one and you got to come home 
and uh, he was he was in our U.S. history class just just talking that day. He was as a guest speaker, and um, he said, "Well, he said because I got a Purple Heart, but I wasn't like injured to the point I couldn't return." And he's like, "I got shrapnel in my arm, but I could go back out after I healed up a couple weeks later." I, I said, "I'm going back," and I was like, "You." When everyone else was running from Vietnam, you chose to go back and ended up with five purple. I've never in my life heard of people having more than maybe two or three. And um, so the fact that he had five and it was like, yeah. you know, my first couple years of high school, we used to joke with them, you know, because we called him calves because he was, you know, five foot seven. His calves were about five foot seven around. And uh, he was like this little muscle bound guy. But just again, just to, uh, like when you started, you, you learn a respect for people like, man, like someone that was willing to do that. And then here he is as a running a business, but here he is coaching youth football for basically free coaching at the high school. Um, he would give scholarships to kids left and right. And um, I think about him, like, man, what a, what a great uh, man to just emulate some of that characteristics. And um, his son is actually now a head football coach up in Northern Virginia at a relatively new school called Tuscarora. And uh, they just started their season a few weeks ago because of COVID. Um, but I think it, if I'm not mistaken, it's his second year there. And uh, I, I'm like, man, that's really cool. I mean, Brandon's probably a couple years younger than me. And I remember coaching him when he was a 110 pounder and he was playing with my brother and being like, now here he is a head football coach and making his dad proud, I'm sure. So, um, but you know, our, our, we had another couple of people at our high school. Melody Modell was our AD um, and she's actually from Huntsville and was an AD in Northern Virginia in a long <laughs> roundabout way. It's kind of crazy how those people come across your path and, um, I told her who my dad and uncle were and she kind of looked at me weird and she says, was your uncle? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, she shook her head and I said, okay, because <laughs> she knew him in high school. And I said, well, that's, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and, uh, I said, I know it kind of, my uncle was, uh, not, he was more of the rebel rouser before he went in the military and, and, and had a good time. So, um, a hell of an athlete, but, but he was, uh, not not known for like going to class I guess and so um <laughs> back in the day but uh and then coach uh Santa Bria was actually the assistant AD and I was a football coach and uh he's now the AD at Centerville um where I went to high school at and I think he's been there for 20 I want to say 25 26 years and I don't know that he's been the AD probably for about the last 16 or 17 of them uh by himself they used to have a AD an assistant or actually it may have had two assistants and um, so just people like that, that were always positive, um, super encouraging and stuff like that. And, um, obviously the kicking, when I got a kicking coach, uh, I became really close with, uh, coach Renner and, uh, Fred Pensiero and, um, it worked with a lot of guys and, and, and they were just great. Uh, mentally, they used to always say things like, uh, you know, when you're working out, you know, never, they would never accept failure. So when you're out there, you know, it's like anything you do things. It's like, what is it? 10,000 times before you can perfect it or get good at it. And, and so they'd be like, well, you're not leaving until you hit 10 punts in a row that I consider, a, a, you know, a nine out of 10. And, and he didn't care if you had to hit a hundred balls and he knew your leg was feeling like jello. He's like, you're going to do it. Cause mentally, if you can't do it when you're tired, you can't do it in, in a game in front of, you know, against Miami or whatever. And, uh, and, and lo and behold, he was right. I mean, you, you do it and eventually get to the point. But then when you go into a game and like my first game I ever started was in the Orange Bowl against Miami and Monday night football. And, and I had the probably the game of my life with, uh, you know, with uh, Devin Hester back there returning punts. And oh, wow. I think he had I think he had two returns for like 12 yards, a um, couple couple fair caught. 
And I averaged like 45 yards that game and literally probably the best game of my life. And I remember thinking like, yeah, the whole time I was hearing my coaches yell in my ear, like, do this, do this, you know, and, and just focus. And, and I, you know, the last person I talked to before I left the hotel that day was, was coach P. And uh, so I, I still remember like those lessons though, it made it easy when you got out in a game situation because you had done thousands of hours of work and stuff like that. But, um, and obviously like, I mean, playing at Florida state, um, you know, John Lilly was my position coach and our recruiting coordinator and just a, a great, great um, man. Just, just never heard him cuss uh, in all my years knowing him. Um, not that that makes him any better than anyone else, but I just, I, I found it odd. I'm like, man, even coach Bowden, that one slip, I remember, you know, um, and, and Clint Purvis was our team chaplain and ended up doing my wife and I's wedding. And, um, and then uh, obviously coach Bowden, I mean, if you you can't mention anyone in the state of Florida or or anyone ever watched it down in football and doesn't know Bobby Bowden, um, I, I don't know where you've been. But to play for a man like that, that just uh, to see him, uh, the humbleness, um, to to see his uh, conviction and in, in his religion and um, and how he treated everybody um, was was something. And he he would always talk about. Um, you know, in a roundabout way, I guess, like having perspective and, and persistence and, and perspective is something I always took with me because he always would talk about, well, you got to realize why this person, you know, may think differently than you or this person, their background and their culture, and it brings them to a different thinking or understanding of something, but you have to be able to, to understand and have that perspective and, um, and how he, how he would just be able to like meld people like from, you know, South Florida and, and Miami and Jacksonville and all over the country with different backgrounds. And then to sit there and, and listen and be a part of that was truly something special. But um, I, I just always obviously admired him for a number of things, but um, I don't think if, if you were picking role models or someone to take characteristics from, he would be a bad uh, person ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a great, great experience for you. And I, I appreciate you sharing. Okay. I think it's great for yeah. our listeners to hear that. Um, Chris, you already talked a little bit about discovery, but one of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So what are a couple of things that, you know, either initiatives that you've started or things that have developed that when you take um, an objective look at your school, you, know, you can sit back and say, boy, we do this better than anybody. What are a couple of best practices you can share with us? Um. Uh, you know, I mentioned a little bit about the social media. Um, I, I don't I don't know that I'm by far like amazing at it, but I feel like I do it better than a lot of people. I, I it is kind of disappointing when you um, when you want to look up uh, something about a school and you go look and like, man, the last time they put a tweet out was in January or, um, you know, or there's not just it's like hit or miss. Like they decided for one week to do something and then they, then they didn't um, and they haven't done anything for a month or two. And. Um, and so I'm like, well, at least I feel like I'm pretty active on there. Um, the other thing is like, again, we don't have a lot of maybe traditions here. Um, and this is maybe not something just here at Discovery, but I think finding um, a couple of really close friends at other schools um, and sharing like Google, learning Google and, and that ability to share um, and put things on Google Docs has been something that I've really been working towards the last couple of years. And I feel like that's where um, if I was to maybe look around where I, I hope I'm maybe ahead of others. Um, I, I know I'm behind a number of people, but at least 
in some respects, I know that getting ahead of sharing and making it easily accessible for my coaches or sharing with other ADs um, who have similar situations or, or ideas um, that just learning Google and, and how to use that creatively to our best interest and work smarter, not harder um, has been a blessing. You know, it, it, I think it's just great that you're developing that. Uh, we talked about culture at your school and uh, again, your willingness to share with others. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your journey with your state association and with the NIAAA. Um, yeah. We've got a, a lot of young ADs that listen to our show and I think it's important for them to understand that that journey of, you know, taking that first LTI course and sitting for that exam and then ultimately turning in that CMA project. Yeah. Share a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I, I mean, from the moment I really got, um, got into education, I wanted to be an athletic director. Originally at college, I wanted to work in college athletics. Um, but, uh, once I got here, you know, RAD, um, at my old school in Norcross, um, my wife had been his uh, student aide when she was in high school and she was a cheerleader there and they were brand new football coaches. And um, so I had a little in, I guess, with them and I just would, I really needed the money. And, um, and it also gave me opportunity to like, Hey, I, I've worked events, you know, there's an opening for gym manager. Yeah, I'll take it. You know, here I am. I'll, I'll do it. I'm in grad school. I'm a first year teacher. I'm coaching two sports, but I'll do that too. Um, and then, uh, when I, I was continuing grad school and I ended up giving up baseball. Um, and, and so I went and I was a game manager for like lacrosse and soccer. And um, I would just soak up everything. I would just go to his office and let him know too. I think um, letting people know that you're interested um, was important. Um, and so when opportunities came, like, you know, we revamped physicals and I said, why don't, why are we making copies of these? Why can't we put them on like a, an Excel sheet and, and, you know, keep it by date. And so, uh, and we revamped the physical, like shrunk it down from like 10 pages to six, um, you know, just little things to like kind of help a little bit um, and just organize things um, in a different me method. Like maybe where I'd say, I guess you see not like a problem, but like, hey, I could probably make this better um, and just offer my assistance. And and honestly, anytime, like e even if I knew he was out late at a game covering a, a way basketball game or something like that. And he'd say, you know, he'd ask, like, hey, can you get my morning duty? Yeah, sure, no problem. I'll go in there to the cafeteria, grab the mic, do whatever is needed. And so I think um, doing that. And so when this opportunity came about six or seven years ago, they were going to do like an aspiring AD program. And um, and I'm not going to throw shade, but I know the first county to do it was not was our county before some other counties did it um, in, in Georgia. Um, but here or there, um, we did it. And I was lucky to be in there and I definitely um, appreciate that opportunity and so sitting there but part of it he was like why don't you go to the state conference it's in Savannah I'm like sure I, I've been to Savannah once it was a great time and so he signed me up he said here take a here's the first couple of classes you take so I think I took like 501 or 502 you know the first couple of classes that they offer and did the uh, initial AD meeting and and um, really had a blast because I, I love hearing from other people all the different schools South Georgia, North Georgia, you know, you have Atlanta, you have, I mean, you have a mix of so many different, um, similar to Florida, where you just got big city, you know, small time, how do you do it on a budget, you know, you have everything um, from every gamut. And so that was fun, um, obviously, and then like the, the time you spend outside of the classes is fun, obviously, they, they, they definitely create a, 
a good atmosphere. I played in the golf tournament the first few years and got to meet some really um, uh, interesting people, uh, great, great people that I can rely on now that are at um, different schools and, and school systems. And um, so that was fun. And, you know, just kept taking classes. And I got to the point after, I guess, about four years, um, two years ago, I could take the CAA exam. And so I was like, why not? I, you know, might as well. And uh, took it and, and, you know, passed it. And I wish, I wish you'd actually get a score on it because I thought I did well, but I don't, I'd love to know what I actually did. But that's just the competitor in me. Um, and then when COVID hit, you know, I had kind of thought in my head, like, hey, I'll probably a couple of years out from doing CMAA because you got to get so many classes. And um, again, we don't have the money here. So my principal said, you can go to the national conference like every third year. So I had went to San Antonio and just, just loved it. Had a great time out there. Um, but when COVID hit, I saw those online courses and I'm like, look, I got no events, no banquets. Um, I was in charge of a couple of summer events for the county and basically those got nixed. And I'm like, all right. So I sat there and uh, I think I took like eight classes during COVID um, in like March, April, May. You know, I would just sit there and in my basement and, and take those online classes. And I got to the point where I was like, I think I can get my CMAA if I just do a little bit more. And I had the project. Um so I signed at spring break a year ago. I signed up for someone did a little webcast on the or a podcast, not a podcast, um, webinar. Right. And I triple and I was sitting there on the I remember my wife was like, you I went out on the porch and there was pollen everywhere. And I cleaned off one spot so I could sit outside away from my kids and everyone I could hear. And I was like, all right, it doesn't sound as daunting as a, a task as it like I had in my mind built up this massive like portfolio and like research papers and and I'm like, so it was like, I had this like daunting. And then after the meeting and the guys were like, I talked through like example and they're like, yeah, just do that. And I'm like, perfect. So I, I did uh, my CMAA on uh, our county produces a lot of uh, football talent um, nationwide and, and then the NFL and stuff like that. And so I ended up doing my project on a, a football media day. We, we had had one. And uh, so I created a football media day, um, brought in, you know, guest speakers and, and organized all that. And basically um, wrote that up as my project about how I did it and um, and and the future we're going to expand to flag football since girls flag football just got added here and um, so that that was kind of it and and so from a state or national level I haven't done anything I haven't held offices or anything like that but I feel like I'm still young um, in that respect and that's kind of like the next step is I'd love to you know get involved at some level at the state level on maybe get on a committee or something like that but um, you know, and, and that's probably one of the next things I'll probably look to explore. I think it's, uh, again, so important for our EDs to hear about that journey that the first step is, you know, hey, volunteering and then, you know, taking advantage of those opportunities that present mm -hmm. yourself. And then the other thing about your project, you know, you're absolutely right. It is not supposed to be, you know, this, um, you know, uh, mythical uh, imposing sort of task. It's something, what are you already doing that you feel passionate about? And then you simply document and tell the story of how it came to pass. So great job. Thanks for sharing. Okay. Chris, another question we've been asking our ADs since we've started these uh, revolves around this idea of social awareness or social justice. And uh, the question I've been asking is this, you know, what, what can we as athletic directors, what can we do better uh, for our kids, for our communities uh, in this area of, you know, social awareness? Um, man, that's a great question. I know um, I had put some thought into this and my mind was kind of going everywhere. Just, um, 
you know, I think, I think a lot of it goes back to that old idea of like understanding that perspective of like, you know, I was born and raised a certain way. Um, you were born certain raised a certain way and everyone that we come in contact has different um, perspective on, on, they may feel something is happening because of this or that or, or whatever and everything in between. And so I think that ability to understand, put yourself in someone else's shoes, um, have an open mind, be willing to, to listen and understand uh, empathy, all those kind of things. Like you have to have some of those characteristics in order for us to move forward. Um, I think about it, you know, when, when I went from Alabama, which is, is, you know, definitely white and black, there's just not a lot of other diversity there. Uh, and then you go to a school um, where I went, Centerville, we had probably 115 countries represented and talk about diversity and, and DC is like a melting pot. Um, and so it was definitely eye-opening as far as that goes. Um, but like, as my mom always mentioned, like, you know, the opportunity probably was great because you looked around and, and DC is a microcosm of what you see in uh, probably every other urban city uh, to some extent uh, with the diversity. And, and so growing, like going to high school, which I think, feel like those years are really formative. Um, yes, you learn a lot when you're little about right from wrong or certain things like that, but like really that character and who you are is really probably more defined. I feel like as more of a teenager and as a young adult. Um, and then by the time you've reached like a true adulthood, like your character is kind of what it is. Like, you know, you're not really going to change much, but I feel like when that, you know, when you're a, a, a teenager, you have a lot of ability to grow and uh, maybe one or two instances can change who you are. But um, how, what I like to do, um, you know, my football coach is about a month older than me. Um, same year from high school, he played, uh, he's from not the inner city here in Atlanta, but he is from like Cobb County, Sandy Springs area. And uh, he's, he's black. Um, he's, he played at Samford. Um, which is another good, you know, academic college. He played in the NFL. He played in the CFL. And so we just started talking a lot, like last spring, summer, when a lot of incidents were happening. We got back together really with summer, I guess, when COVID allowed us to get back together. And, um, and I have a track coach who's from, uh, who's Haitian, um, but actually went to Florida State, similar time frame when I was there. And so we would just sit there and talk and, you know, talk about George Floyd or talk about different things. And, and honestly, sitting and listening and hearing their perspective um, on how, how things happen, uh, their experiences, like really was eye-opening to me. Um, because ultimately, like, you know, we, this summer we had a lot of discussions, our county ADs and our football coaches and our district AD, I really am thankful for that. He brought us all together. And um, he said, look, if we're gonna change things in our schools, um, you know, we can start and make an impact in our schools. And it starts, you know, honestly, a lot of places, it's uh, your big athletes. Uh, your football players, maybe basketball players. And you hate to say that it's them, but they have a lot of influence. And he's like, so in this room, we can make a difference here locally, you know, in our county. We have 19 schools, um, you know, a lot, very diverse county. And so we had a lot of discussions. And, and my football coach, uh, being African-American, was able to, to have a voice and say some things where I was like, you know what, even though we've never made the playoffs and, and, and we've only had one or two wins each year, I'm glad that he has that platform and, and, um, and, and ability. And so when we had our head coaches meeting this year, I set aside time. I talked to him. I said, Hey, I want you to, to create uh, some dialogue. Like let's, let's start the questions. Um, you know, here it is. It's uh, the end of July, 1st of August. And I said, it's your, it's your, your stage, you know, like you, you come up with something 
um, you know, what's on your heart? What do, what do you want to talk about? Because um, as a coaching staff, like I can stand up there, but um, I, I can't speak to the same, uh, you know, life experiences as he can. And here he is, you know, had a, a way more successful football career than I did. But some of his experiences, because he's an African-American, definitely differed than mine. And um, and so it was great. I felt like a lot of my coaches felt felt really good about it. Um, and we had some more discussions. We, we did a little bit of that inside out stuff about your why. And I kind of tied that in. And so our next time we had a, a, a you know, professional development day, I let him lead a group of uh, my veteran coaches uh, through some some different experiences and stuff like that. And so um, I feel that opportunity to, um, man, I'm not saying necessarily empower someone like him, um, but I do feel like here he is, we're the exact same um, age-wise. Everything is, it should be the same, but our experiences differ. Um, and so, but I want him to have an ability to talk and, and learn leadership. And, um, and so I feel like if, if I can do nothing else, it's, it's provide opportunities, it's listen um, to, it's make, um, make, make opportunities. Like I asked him, you know, before I'm like, we had a conversation. He's been my football coach for five years. We, we made the playoffs finally. Um, and, and, and again, doing the right things the right way will build over time. And, and so I truly believe in that. And, and I'm a big believer in him. And I said, Hey, now that you've done that, the next step is, do you want to be a football coach your entire life? Or would you like to be an athletic director and stuff like that? So I kind of planted that seed um, in him and a couple other of my coaches. And so I feel like that's how um, I can best uh, look forward is, you know, is thinking big picture, but I can act local. I can do something here locally to help maybe uh, change the way people perceive or, or give others opportunities that um, I feel like I've been afforded. Oh, and what a great, uh, you know, testament to what you're trying to do there at the school. I mean, you, you reached out to, you know, one of your leaders and gave them that opportunity. And it sounds like they really embraced that and, uh, and hit it out of the park. And together, you're talking about moving it forward. Great, great leadership. Well, Chris, I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, talking with you today. You and I, you know, we've traded some emails and some Twitter posts back and forth, but this is, uh, uh, I guess, the next best thing to uh, meeting in person. Uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. So I'm going to challenge you right now to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go into Chris Hall's athletic director toolbox? So I think that this has been the uh, probably one of the most interesting part of the podcast of listening to. Um, I would say number one is flexibility. Um, there's just or adaptability. I mean, just things change from a minute's notice. Uh, you know, all sorts of stuff happens, you know, transportation's late, the sprinklers came on, the lights aren't on. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a litany of things that, um, and, and you can do your best to prepare all you want, but sometimes things don't happen. Like our, we have uh, automatic lights here and you schedule them on a computer. Well, it always works great when you go in and you just set them to sunset and they come on right before sunset and everything like that. And then all of a sudden your coach going, it's really cloudy. Can you turn on the lights? And I'm at my daughter's cheerleading practice, picking her up. And I'm like, I'm not at a computer and I can't remember my password. So um, you're going to have to give me like five minutes. And, and, you know, and so there's just things that happen. So I think flexibility um, and adaptability, thinking on the fly is, is definitely the first one. Um, the second one is um, 
and I do tell my coaches sometimes, and I'm like, you got to be a problem solver. Um, don't bring problems. You've got to bring solutions. Um, and so in, in this business, like everyone's got problems and, and, you know, and, and I had someone uh, tell me this is probably, uh, it's funny, but it says like the higher up you go, the bigger size of the turds. Right. So, and he's like, you know, you guys at some level are dealing with like, uh, you know, mouse turds and they're, they're important to you, but here on, on some levels that you got bigger, like elephant sized turds that you're dealing with. And so I don't know if that's the best analogy, but sometimes I'm like, I, I want to ask my coaches like, Hey, um, or not even coaches, sometimes it's teachers or anyone else like, Hey, I know that's important to you, but I'm also dealing with this right now. And this involves, you know, maybe safety or getting kids to a game and, and that can wait 30 minutes. Or if you really think about it, you could probably solve that on your own if you were just resourceful or maybe ask somebody else. And, and I always challenge people when they ask questions, I'm like, Hey, did you ask so-and-so like, you have a mentor or you, you know, especially like new coaches or new teachers. Like, did you ask your mentor? Do you, did you ask somebody? And I hate to like, I, I don't want to sound like I blow people off because I feel like I'm very open. I respond to text uh, all hours of the day. I answer my phone at home. My wife gets all the time, like turn your phone off, turn your phone off. Um, so I'm very open, but sometimes I just want to ask people like, you know, I, I try and handle, I guess, things on my own. Um, and that's just kind of my personality. Um, and so I, I, I guess that's something I wish as a trait that more people had was that ability to maybe problem solve or, or just think for a few minutes. Um, and so that maybe, I don't know, that, that might be a little bit of soapbox kind of standing, but um, that's just a funny thing. Um, and, and then I guess, you know, the third, the third thing is a lot of people have talked about communication. Um, and I, I think effective com communication is important. Um, I, I know it's different too. And I had to learn this, uh, you know, I'm only in my fifth year as being an AD. Um, and I go back and think back to my first or second year, like, man, I thought I was communicating clearly or effectively, but maybe I wasn't. And now after you realize, <clears throat> you know, some things didn't go the way you um, kind of expected. And so now I have a better understanding of like, Hey, when I want to communicate certain things, um, I have to, to be effective. I've, I've learned to consider who my audience is or what exactly am I trying to communicate? And, um, you know, what works for me does not always work for everybody else. And so I think that comes along with getting to know your coaches, getting to know your, your teachers, um, your students, you know, your parents and everything else like that is to be effective. I mean, you have to have that awareness of who you're talking to and stuff like that. And I think, uh, from my perspective, that's where I hopefully have grown the most in the last four or five years. Um, I probably still have, you know, light years to go, but um, so consider I'm in my 13th year overall in education. I have at least 17 or 18 to go until I can re um, retire. So hopefully by then we'll, we'll have it figured out a lot better. <laughs> yeah, well, again, I think you've got the right perspective. Uh, you know, I like to joke, uh, this is my 41st year as a teacher, coach, AD. So I've only got another, you know, nine or 10 good years left <laughs> before it's downhill. But uh Right. No, the, the listening part, the communication things, uh, those are tools that we pick up and hopefully get better at each year. Uh, I know uh, when I finally learned to listen, uh, <laughs> I think I became a, a better AD. I got I got a comment on that one thing about the lights. Um, we have uh, the programmable lights as well. Yeah. And uh, one night I get a phone call. I'm having dinner with my wife and our daughter. Um, and we had rented our campus to a guy who I knew but the lights hadn't got turned on for his event. 
and he wanted to know if I could come back to school. Well, fortunately, I had the app on my cell phone and yeah. I just told him, I said, give me about two minutes. And so I was able to turn the lights on from my cell phone. So get that app uh, if you yeah. don't already have it. That can be I, a lifesaver. Okay. So, so the funny thing is, is I have the app um, and it was, it was last, no, it would have been, yeah, last summer, maybe two summer. I can't remember. My daughter's was cheerleading. And, um, and so I, uh, I was at a, um, at her practice and I was just walking around the trails waiting for her practice to end. And, uh, spring weather here. So our, one of our APs is getting on doing an announcement about watching a video to make sure all our young ladies and, and gentlemen are in compliance. So that's okay. That's your working high school AD. Yeah. Right. And, um, but anyway, so someone called me about the the uh, the app, and I was like, "Man, I thought I could log in, and I didn't have the password." <laughs> and I was like, "What is the password?" And because I had created it when I first got on the job, and it's in a notebook at school, and I'm like, "Great!" So I call the lady, uh, you know, uh, at the con the control link or whatever, and I call them. I'm like, "Yeah, so I'm the AD at this school. What's your password?" I'm like, "No idea." And she's like, "I can't." I'm like, "Can you give me a hint?" And she's like. No, I'm like, you sure? Like, I can, I was like, does it have Titans in it? She goes, you're on the right track. I'm like, does it have a year after that? So I kind of like narrowed it down and guessed it on like the fifth guess. And she was super nice. And I was like, I was like, man, please just turn it on. I was like, it was probably my fault. We had a reschedule and I definitely think I forgot to uh, turn the lights on. And um, so, but I also, after that moment, I went through and made sure that every one of my coaches has their login. Right. So that they can do it. And I told them, if you don't have it downloaded on your phone, then, you know, call me if it's an emergency. But now all my coaches have it on their phone and the app. So um, I, I learned, I guess, my lesson is don't be the only one that has the password either. Like, you know, you kind of make sure other people can can change it and, and have their roles so they can only turn on their field, I guess. Uh, no, again, great, great <laughs> wisdom there. Chris Hall, uh, what's the best way that one of our listeners can reach out and pick your brain? Uh, I know that you've talked about a lot of great things today. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so my email is uh, Chris, C-H-R-I-S dot L, as in Larry dot Hall. And it's at gcpsk12.org. So it's Gwinnett County Public Schools K12.org. And there's only one period between uh, the 12 and the org. And then uh, I'm on Twitter um, at DHS Discovery High School underscore Titans. And um, that's, that, you know, I'm on there. That's one way to, I guess, follow me a, a little bit. And, um, but I'm really good about responding to email. Um, and, you know, that's probably the, the most important uh, thing that we use today anyways. Okay. Uh, again, uh, I encourage you as a listener, I encourage you to reach out to Chris. He's got some great stuff on Twitter and other places too. Chris Hall, Discovery High School, thanks so much for being on the show today. Appreciate it, Jake. Thanks for having me, and uh, take care. For our listeners, remember, the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.